super pumped to be with you guys today. I'm going to be talking about just some keys to getting over the hump of discovering your purpose and living your purpose. I'll be talking about the keys that are actually in my book. And so if you guys have not, I mean, I'm assuming you're here in the group because you've downloaded my book or you've got an actual copy of the book. Um, and if you don't have a hard copy of the book, it's actually a really, feels really good, like one of those really good books that, that has a good feel. It's got, you know, nice size type in it. So sometimes, I don't know, I like a real book. You can go over to Amazon and get a copy of the book. But I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump in and we're just going to talk about really just the process that I walk my students through and I obviously walk my readers through in my book to get really, really, really clear about their life purpose and honestly put a compass in their hand so that they are, you know, know how to get started and know where to begin to transition into living it. Hey, Lori. Hey, you guys. And so let me pray and then we'll hop, we'll hop in. All right. So, Father, I thank you for this group. I thank you for every single person that you've drawn here. I thank you for all of the folks that are going to be watching the Facebook Live Live and then watching the replay. I thank you that this is, this is a divine appointment on our calendar today. And so, Holy Spirit, I just, I just acknowledge you. Thank you for huh, just your presence in our lives and your help and your direction and just the truth that you lead and guide us into. Thank you that you love showing us the future. That's what it says in John 16. And, and thank you that you just love your job of helping us renew our minds and think with the mind of Christ and just manifest all that Jesus has accomplished on the cross. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to really um, just, I don't know, help us, <laughs> really help us today get into the space where we need to be, uh, whether that's taking a next step towards our purpose, whether we're, if we're already in our purpose, knowing exactly the next step to take towards fulfilling it. Uh, if there are obstacles and challenges in our way that seem to have us stuck, uh, help us know what to do to partner with you so that you can, you know, we can speak to that thing and get it out of the way or renew our minds or whatever we need to do to, to, to move forward. I just declare that this, this slide today is going to be a breakthrough. It's going to be a breakthrough for folks. And uh, we just give you all the glory and all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, awesome. I want to jump off today in an awesome scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I have been in 1 Corinthians lately in chapter 2. Uh, you know, it's like I keep going back to it and I really love it, especially, you know me, I love it in the Passion Translation. So I'm going to start reading, I'm going to start reading in verse 6, uh, and it talks about the little subcaption there at the top of it. It says, wisdom from God. And here's what it says. How It says, um, well, let me back up just because so, so it kind of comes into that. Let's, um, let's talk, let's start in verse 4. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth, and he was talking about uh, his visit to them. Hi, Cassie. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome. But here in the, you know, the fourth verse, it says this, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with per per persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. So that's awesome. We just were talking to Holy Spirit when we were praying a moment ago, but it, I mean, cannot stress enough 
the role of the Holy Spirit in us discovering and fulfilling our purpose. So verse five, it says, for God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. Verse six, it says, however, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. It's wisdom that didn't originate in the present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden away, uh, hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan destined before the ages to bring us into glory. In verse 8, it says, none of the rulers of this present world understood it, for if they had, they never would have crucified the Lord of shining glory. In verse 9, it says, this is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. I'm going to read that again. Things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. So that's me and you, you guys. And verse 10, it says, but God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And it says, yes, he has revealed to us his inner, inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. In verse 11, it says, after all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit. And so it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. Verse 12 says, for we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. So this is worth going back, you guys, and just, you know, looking it up in the Passion Translation, grabbing your copy of the Passion Translation, and honestly looking in other translations as well, just to understand really the role of the Holy Spirit in taking the things that God has planned for us and revealing it to us. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. That's one uh, description of the Holy Spirit that comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verse like 16, I think, 16, 17. And the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us revelation. He is the way that we hear the innermost thoughts of God. It's the way that if you keep reading through 1 Corinthians chapter 2, at the very end of it, it talks about that we possess in the, uh, the Christ's perceptions in verse 16. It says, and we possess Christ's perceptions in the Passion Translation. But it's the Holy Spirit that is empowering us to think with the mind of Christ. He is the one that is infusing our life with revelation, knowledge about the gospel, about Jesus, about our inheritance with Christ. He's the one that makes the word of God alive to us so that we can actually understand it. And revelation is very different than information. Uh, revelation is illuminated uh, knowledge by the Holy Spirit. And it is you know, there's a scripture that talks about how the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that to believe the gospel. And, you know, even in here in first Corinthians chapter two, it's talking about, there's a wisdom of the world, you know, there's a wisdom of the age 
that is not the wisdom of God. In James, it talks about that the wisdom of God comes from above and it is um, easy to be entreated, meaning it is, there's two types of wisdom. There's man's wisdom and there's God's wisdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it talks about how he uses the foolish things to confound the wise and that the, 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 the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. And so, first off, let me say that the first principle that you really need to recognize if you're going to discover and fulfill your purpose, and I, both of those things are included in that. It's not just about discovering your purpose, but it's also living your purpose then we are going to need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is the person that is we are who is God, obviously, that we are going to be fellowshipping with to discover and live our purpose. The Holy Spirit's role in our lives cannot be over, uh, what I want to say, overemphasized. I mean, the Holy Spirit is, is, He's the power of, of God in our lives to follow Jesus. You know, Christianity has never meant to be, a, you know, like this set of rules or this moral code that we live. It's meant to be an experience. And it's the experience of being the temple of God and the house of God and the Holy Spirit uh, who lives inside of us is the manifestation of, of Jesus Christ on the earth in us right now. He is the Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit is so awesome and so powerful and so necessary. He is the one that does the work. You know, Acts 10 38 says Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Romans chapter 8 says those that are led by the uh, it's like 816, that those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So mature believing and mature maturity as a believer comes from dependency upon the Holy Spirit. And sadly, you can, you can grow up in church your entire life and never really cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know I did. I mean, I grew up in the Bible Belt. I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. And of course, we we believed in the Trinity. Of course, we believed in uh, the Holy Spirit, but we we did not experience the Holy Spirit to the fullness that honestly was necessary in my life so that I could actually even live a uh, the life of a believer. I just was not one of these naturally disciplined, good Christian people. I don't know how to explain that. Like I needed the power of the Holy Spirit to even be able to read the Bible. I, I was, I just wasn't that, I wasn't wired that way. And thank goodness, because when I surrendered to the Holy Spirit, uh, by the time I did surrender and really get, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I started to understand who the, the person of the Holy Spirit, I started to recognize the gifts of the Holy Spirit and and that those were for today, that the Holy Spirit is still working miracles through Jesus's body. And I started to understand how the fruit of the Spirit actually was produced in my life through abiding in Christ. That this was not like me developing some character apart from Jesus. But this was about allowing Jesus's life to flow through me. Uh, for the very first time in my life, I started really hearing the voice of God and cultivating my own real relationship with Jesus uh, and being able to, to talk to Jesus, being able to hear from the Holy Spirit, be, you know, understanding the Trinity and that 
each member of the Trinity was actually distinct, but yet they were one. I mean, just the whole theology around the Trinity and the Holy Spirit and the new creation in Christ. I mean, this was, it really took the Holy Spirit in my life to start to get a grasp on that. And it was through, I believe, that process of, that I've been spending, I mean, at this point, you know, I'm in my 50s. And I have spent, I feel like, my entire life undoing the things that I learned in church and the things that I learned, you know, in the world. And obviously that's what Mind Renew is all about. Romans chapter 12 says that we have to renew our minds. And so it's not that I'm complaining. I mean, everyone has to go through this process. But I think, you know, at my vantage point here in my 50s, I have a little bit of life behind me and a little bit of experience uh, to say, in perspective, honestly, of just how transformative mind renewal is, how necessary mind renewal is, and how unbelievably uh, shocking sometimes it is the things that we actually believe that keep us from discovering our purpose and living it. I mean, all of that programming that I had in my life is like programmed me to believe I was someone I wasn't. Uh, It programmed me, you know, just the, the basics, right? Like the purpose in my life is to go to college and find a career and get a job and make a living and, get married and have children and buy a house and save and, and get a retirement plan and invest in mutual funds. And then when you're 65, retire and then get a motor home and travel across the country and do all the things that you couldn't do because you were working your whole life. Like that version was of like what life is. That's what my parents knew. That's what most, you know, people did and do. I mean, I think it's very, it's a little different now because it's just a different kind of time that we live in, but there's still that programming that you just get from the world. Like this is how to live your life. Right. And then, you know, and I, I, again, I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm telling you, there is a massive under preaching of the actual gospel of Jesus Christ in this country. And if you want to get a taste of that, listen to my Facebook live from Tuesday, because um, it's shocking. The gospel is literally so revolutionary. It's shocking. And it's about the death of you. It's about the fact that you were crucified with Christ and that you no longer live and that now Jesus Christ, God of the universe, has come to live inside of you. He's reconciled um, the entire world to himself. We don't live under the fall anymore. The world is not a fallen world. You are not a sinner. You're now a saint. You've been recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. You have a purpose. Jesus wants to live his life through you. You've been joined to the Lord with one spirit. You're one spirit with God. You're sanctified. You're holy. You're righteous right now. Uh, And the only thing left to do is believe that and renew your mind to it so you can experience it. But the point is, and I'm talking fast, but I want to make my actual point. It's not to preach the gospel right this moment. It's to say that most of us haven't heard that. Most of us grew up in an evangelical, Western evangelical worldview that makes the gospel about going to heaven. It programs us with sin consciousness, which ultimately leads to you believing wrong things about yourself and you never being able to discover your true identity 
because you are sin conscious and you're always focused on what's wrong with you and you have a performance-based relationship with God based upon this. And so, I mean, this is the story of my life. The first 33 years of my life, I mean, I ended up honestly with a, you know, depressed, anxious, had a diagnosis of manic depression, uh, had a terrible relationship with myself, even though that I was super successful, you know, whatever. I was, I look back at the pictures of me in my 20s and I mean, you know, you're just like, well, what in the heck did you think was wrong with you? You're adorable. You're cute. Like, why, why didn't you like yourself? And I, I wasted so many years just not at peace with myself because you're taught from the time that you are in Sunday school that you are a sinner and that there's something wrong with you and something fundamentally wrong with you. And Jesus loves you in spite of you. And if you just believe and you just confess Jesus, then you're going to go to heaven. And there is an aspect of that message, which is, is true. I get it. I mean, the fall happened, but it's not your origin. Your origin is not in Adam. Your origin is in Christ. And that's the whole point of the first chapter of Ephesians. It's just like, you know, I, you were in Christ before the foundation of the world. You were chosen in love to be holy and blameless. You were in Christ before you were in Adam. The, the original glory precedes original fall. And I mean, I have podcasts on that topic. You should definitely go check out my podcast on iTunes if you haven't. And just listen right through from the beginning to catch up with us. I just did a, a new one, a new episode yesterday, which I'm excited to get back on the train with that. Um, this pandemic and stuff has just got us, my team and everything is just different. But my point is this, is that you've got all the stuff that you learn in the world. You've got all the stuff that you learn in church and it confuses the heck out of us. And here we're trying to figure out what's our purpose. Why are we here? What are we born to do? And we've got to sift through all of this garbage to actually even figure out who Jesus is, who God is, what is the gospel, who am I? Like in light of that as a new creation, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my relationship with myself? What does that mean for my relationship with God? I mean, it is a, it is a detox. I mean, I'm, you guys pray for me because I already, I have like 10 books that I got to get done. And one of them that I'm going to do is really about just detoxing from religion and uh, really getting, it's really focused most likely probably on the first two questions that I go through in my book. So let me, let me switch gears and talk about the process that I, that I take my students through, that I work through with my clients. It's the foundation that I coach on and it's an incredible uh, and I'm not just saying that because it's mine, because truthfully, this is the Holy Spirit. I really can't even take credit for this. Um, the move of God that I'm watching um, and just the transfiguration, the transformation that I'm watching the Holy Spirit accomplish in my students and in my clients and the readers of my book, it is it is not of this world. It is not of human origin. So I don't, I'm just the vessel in which God's using to do that. And it's amazing because it is my purpose and I love every second of it. But it is definitely supernatural. But let me talk about it. So the way that God put together my school, helped me put together the book, and really walked me through the process, if you will, of this detox from the programming that we've gotten from the world and the programming we've gotten from Western evangelical Christianity uh, is to go through a, a conversation with him uh, that is centered around what I call the five big questions of life. 
And if you've read my book, you know that there's chapters for each one of those questions. But the first question is, who is God? The second question is, who am I? The third question is, why am I here? The fourth question is, where am I headed? And the fifth question is, how do I get there? And I wrote this quote down the other day uh, from Paul Young, and I really liked it. I really, really liked it. And I'm just going to throw it, just say it right now. It says, it was about questions, and of course I caught it, but it says, choose your question carefully. One good question is worth a thousand answers. So Paul Young, he's the author of the, of the shack, but that is so true. One, choose your questions carefully because one good question is worth a thousand answers. And honestly, that's the foundation of wisdom. Wisdom is the application or understanding of knowledge. And it's, it's being able to assimilate knowledge and apply it in a way that gets the results that not just that you're seeking, but the best, highest results. I mean, God's wisdom is, even though it may not make sense to, to men, it is, it, it, it gets, it, it is such a higher, his thoughts are not, our, you know, our thoughts, his, high, his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And so a question, asking the right question is so important in plugging in to really what the answers that you're looking for, what answers, the answers of the meaning of life, the answers of why am I here? The answers of what's going to, what's going to happen after I die, what's going to matter at the end of my life. I mean, these questions that most people spend their lives either oblivious to trying to avoid uh, suppressing, repressing, you know, until they have a tragedy of some kind. I mean, wake, I call them wake up calls in my book, but my point is, is that those five questions are, are truly, I call them the five big cues of life because they really are. And answering those questions is not only the most incredible journey and the most revelation-filled journey and the most glorious journey and a supernatural journey with God, but they are so life-transforming because each of the answers to, that you get when you start to be able to experience God and have conversations with God and experience your union with God, when you begin to develop that intimate relationship with him, where you can start to hear his answers, his own God-breathed answers to these questions, you, you something, it's, it's very hard to describe the process. I mean, it really is the Paul, you know, Paul on the road to Damascus kind of experience because everything changes. Everything changes. The context for your life changes. And the process is very much a detox. And it's, it's also not like an intellectual exercise. Like, it's not like you say, who is God? And you rattle off, well, God is my provider. He's my healer. He's my father. He's, you know, like you're reading the doxology or you're, you know, reciting one of the creeds or something. No, these are unique answers. These are unique answers to you and your life. And I mean, for example, my who is God answer, I could not have answered if I didn't understand the gospel. I could not have answered if I didn't understand uh, that the gospel was a message about union with Jesus. I literally could not have answered this question until I understood the gospel. And I detoxed from all of the garbage that I had been taught about the nature of God, about you know my understanding of the law. I mean, I just was such as a legalistic, performance-driven view 
of God, you know? And so I had to move all of that out of the way so that I could actually hear the answer. So let me give you the answer to mine. And then I'm just going to read a few more from my students because they're just so powerful. So my answer to the question, who is God, is um, God is my inexhaustible source who supplies anything and everything I need to experience the fullness of who he is and manifest the fullness of who I am in him. So that answer, if I, you know, you sit with that for a moment, he's my inexhaustible source who supplies anything and everything I need to, uh, uh, so that I can experience the fullness of who he is and manifest the fullness of who I am in him. Like that one sentence I'm going to be sitting with for the rest of my life. And what makes it so powerful is that it's not just like, who is God to me, but it's this, this is the way the word of, you know, when you get words from God, the way they work, like they're so multidimensional, you know, this is also part of like who he's created me to be. Like my mission is, is intertwined with this revelation of God because part of what I'm here to do is to glorify God as that and to be an example that God is actually the source for all of us (laughs) to, you know, experience anything. I mean, he's the source of everything, everything that we need to experience all that he is. Well, what is he? He's healing. He's, he's mercy. He's forgiveness. He's supernatural power. He's resurrection power. He's He's all of those things, and he is the source for me to, to dive into the revelation of him for all of eternity. And, you know, I've never really, like, expounded on my, my who is God like that before, but you'll see, like, it's so powerful, it'll preach. It will literally preach. And so the answers to these questions are not just, like, these intellectual exercises that you just, like, you know, sit down and go, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this is God, da, 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 da. So let me pull up. In one of my graduate groups, we have a, a document that we, we, we actually have put together uh, because we, we are serious here <laughs> about getting people in agreement with who God created them to be. And so we're always, I mean, we, have, we have just a lot of things that we do to, to program that into people. I'm trying to find the document. Maybe I can't find it on my phone. Let me just see if I can't remember a couple of, a couple of my favorites. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones. So I know... Um, what Tracy, one of our, one of our team members, but, uh, does one of our mindset coaches, she, her, hers is, and it just struck me cause I love it. Um, and there's some ones that I remember sometimes just cause they stick with me and hers is God is the family that I never had that I always needed and wanted. So God is the family and, and Tracy's, um, not only is she in full-time ministry, but she's in the process of writing a book that is, um, based on the premise that of her who, revelation of who is God. It's, it's the, it's the revelation of God the tri, as a trying God who is our true family and how he walks us all through a process to uh, parent us and, and fulfill all of our needs that are typically met in our family of origin. So it's a very powerful topic, but that came out of the revelation of Tracy's who is God. Uh, another one of my favorites is a recent grad, Adam, and I just, I don't know why I love this one so much, probably because I'm just an intimacy with God junkie, but his is, uh, I am God, uh, who is God? God is my eternal entanglement. And it's this concept, I mean, um, without going deep into it, but, you know, quantum entanglement is an actual, and I'm a quantum physics, like, you know, whatever, amateur 
fanatic. And quantum entanglement's in, intriguing to me. And it's this idea that we, you know, we're entangled, things are entangled at a quantum level. And so I just loved that one. And there's many more that I could go through. But the point is, is in order to get to that question, it's very much a detox. It's very much a getting through all of the wrong things we actually think about God. And that is no different for the next question. Who am I? And, you know, except in this case, you're getting through all of the wrong things you believed about yourself. All of the things that have been programmed into you since your childhood that are not in agreement with who God created you to be, that are not in agreement with, you know, who you are in heaven. And and, uh, so, you know, that process is hearing Jesus tell you the incredible things that the father put inside of you. And the, and the, you know, this is Jesus saying, you know, I am, um, I am the truth. I am the way I am the life. Like those identity statements came from the father. This is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. And so God knows us. That's why he would sometimes change people's names because you know, you're not, you're not Saul, you're Paul, you know, you aren't uh, Simon, you're Peter. Why? Why would he change people's names? Because the way that they had grown up and who they thought that they were was not who they were at all. And there was this drastic shift that had to happen in the, their self-image and the way that they saw each other, so that they could get in agreement with who God created them to be. And you know, Jeremiah thirty-three three is a great scripture. It says, "Call upon me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know it's not." And I just want to propose that part of what the great and mighty things that the Holy Spirit wants to share with you is not just who you are in Christ, but who you are in the body of Christ and who you are to the planet and the gift that you you carry of Christ into the world. What is that unique expression of you? You know, true success in life is not just fulfilling your purpose and doing the work that the Father called you to do, which is another topic I did, I think, like last week or something, but, I mean, true success is manifesting who God created you to be. It, which is kind of why I said in my why or in my who is God, you know, that God is my inexhaustible source who supplies anything and everything I need. But that last part says to manifest the fullness of who I am in him. And that, that revelation of Shalice for me has been probably the biggest challenge of my entire life. Uh, why? Well, I, well, a lot of it has to do with just how I grew up. I mean, I was adopted. I had three dads by the time I was three. I, I grew up in a home that was, my parents were divorced later in life, and my dad and I have a wonderful relationship today, but it was it was a violence in my home. There was lots of nonsense. I mean, I mean, there was just a, I have a, there's a lot of trauma in my childhood, and there was a lot of healing that I had to go through uh, to heal my relationship with myself, and not just even talking about understanding the gospel. So it's been this quest of my life really to get to know God and to get to know myself and to reconcile uh, all of that. You know, that's the point. God was, you know, God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos to himself. And that reconciliation with God and that reconciliation with myself and now my reconciliation with, you know, all of creation and others and all of that stuff has had to flow out of honestly a very deep and long process with the Holy Spirit. And it's really what qualifies me honestly to do what I do today, which I love about the purposes of God. I'm not behind schedule. I'm not like, I didn't do something wrong. 
Like God weaved my purpose throughout all of those life experiences and it perfectly prepared me and qualified me and shaped and equipped me to be the author of a book called The Path and to be the founder of a, of a school called Emerge School of Transformation and to be running a company that's called Rethink. I mean, my life story is manifesting through my purpose. And that is the beauty of the third question. You know, why am I here? Because what people, what happens, you know, when you go through the methodology in the book or you work with me and we go way more in depth than we do in the book, um, is that you find that your life story, there's a thread of purpose that just goes through your entire life story. And it is, it is glorious. It is glorious. It is so, so glorious. And here's the other thing that starts to happen is everything in your life starts to make sense. Like even the trauma, even the bad things. I mean, what the enemy means for harm, God uses for good. And so everything starts to shift as you, yes, there's a healing that happens, but you also, it's kind of like the apostle Paul's life. You know, he goes into Philippians chapter three and he's like, you know, I was a bit, you know, Israelite of Israelites. I was this, I was this. And he says that, you know, I counted all loss. I counted all done for the excellency of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. But the truth is all of that knowledge that, that Paul gained growing up as a Hebrew of Hebrews perfectly equipped him to be the apostle that carried the revelation of Jesus that was about the fulfillment of the law. Here he was an expert in the law, and now he had to basically, his whole message was, that's been abolished. And so it's a very, I mean, it is the wisdom of God. It is just beyond our ability to make up, you know, like, how could that, my life just be perfect for what I'm doing? How could God put all of those pieces together into something and make something so beautiful out of, you know, something that appeared to be so wrong or ashes or whatever you want to call it. And that process is just the most, again, it's just, I don't have words for walking through that with the Holy Spirit and discovering that and walking it out. And, you know, then where am I headed and how do I get there? Those questions are all around, you know, the vision that you have for your life. It's like, what are we building? What are we doing? Where am I headed? What am I going to be, you know, what am I, what is my contribution to the planet? Who are, what is the cause that I'm here to take up? You know, um, what is the legacy that I'm going to leave Lord? And just walking through the process of dreaming and dreaming and, and getting, getting detoxing from the idea that, somehow your purpose and your vision is not perfectly aligned with your deepest desires, your most sacred desires and dreams and giving yourself permission to become like a little child again and just dream. You know, we do some exercises. I'm not sure I do it in the book. I can't remember what all I do, what the exercises are that I do in the book. But I know in our school, we do, a, we do this thing called dream storming, where I ask my students to, you know, come up with 100 dreams. And literally, some of my students, they, they get mad at me. They really get mad at me because they're like, it, it's so hard. <laughs> our dreamers have been so shut down, and we've been so programmed by religion to not even have a desire. Like, you know, it's like holy to be like, I just want what God wants, whatever God has for me. That's what I want. And we don't realize because we've been programmed by religion that God's already given us everything that heaven contains. So there aren't like really illegal desires beyond ones that aren't, you know, in agreement with perfect love and joy and peace and righteousness and the Holy ghost. And, you know, so 
all things are made for us to enjoy, to freely enjoy in his presence is the full, you know, the fullness of joy. And it is right hand pleasure forevermore. Like pleasure is of God. It's not wrong. The devil hijacked it, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. He's the author of it. And, you know, we just have so many things to even have to, we have to just, you know, get rid of to be able to even receive God's vision because it's so good. We're suspicious of it. We think, oh, well, that is selfish, or we can't have that, or I'm unworthy of that, or we think all of these things about it because we haven't gotten clear on the gospel, and we don't understand that we live in union with God, and that heaven is inside of it. Like, it's already ours. This is an inheritance. We're not earning it. We're just manifesting it, and these dreams glorify God because they manifest heaven on earth, and like, it's just a completely different perspective. It's a different world right? And then how do I get there? Well, you know how you get there? You get there by abiding. You get there by understanding how to manifest heaven on earth and how to live supernaturally. Because this is not, you're not going to like get this plan and this vision from God and then, you know, go off and go do it and then come and check in. Well, he's going to do it through you. You're going to manifest sonship and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to create things the same way that God created them supernaturally. And so there is a incredible journey that we go through, that those of us go through, those of us choose to go through uh, to manifest who God's created us to be. And when you look around uh, the planet, you know, and you see people that you just know, like they were born for that and they're doing that, like there is something glorious about it. You know, I didn't plan anything that I said today. I knew I was going to do a topic today on, you know, the five questions and, you know, kind of dive into this stuff in the book a little bit. But, you know, this, what's coming out of me is supernatural. Like, I don't even really know how I'm doing this. This is a gift that the ability to, to weave this all together and the ability to talk about it and for it to come out the way that it comes out. I mean, it is, that is the sweet spot. This is the sweet spot of purpose. This is the sweet spot of living in Christ and the anointing and getting into this place where you have grace, this supernatural Holy Spirit grace on your life to do things that are so uniquely perfect and designed for them to be done by you. There's no reason to be a copycat. There's no reason to compare yourself to others. You are an original. You are an incredible masterpiece a work of art, and there is none like you. There's none like you. Like I know, say, oh, Father, there's none like you. Well, guess what? There's none like you. You are a unique member of the body of Christ. You are needed. Who you are was purposed, purposed in the heart of God before the foundation of the world. You've been predestined uh, for good works, and there are paths that God you know, set out ahead of you. And, you know, here's the thing, I think, when you really start to get what I'm sharing today is the excuses and the things that stand in our way of our purpose are human deceptions. All of them. Whether that be, I don't have the provision to do it. Well, of course you don't. God's calling you to do something that's going to glorify him. He, at no flesh, is going to glory. So this isn't going to bring, this isn't about what you can do. It's about what God can do. So the financial piece is, is obviously required. You know, we have to have finances to make the earth look like heaven. We have to have finances to do visions and, and dreams. It takes money. It takes money. But 
there is a system, there is a, a way of manifesting unlimited amounts of money in the kingdom. And here's the thing, you, we don't get to go through life without learning these things if we're going to, if we're going to manifest our purpose. So I, I'm not saying that to condemn anyone. I'm just saying that every perceived obstacle in our path to fulfilling our purpose is literally just a mindset that needs to be renewed. And that process is not always easy. We read in the Bible, all of the people that, you know, did fulfill their purpose and all the trials and the tribulations and the things that they went through to prepare them. And, uh, you know, that half of the Israelites or how many ever, many of the Israelites, the whole first generation didn't make it into the promised land because they couldn't get their mindsets right. Uh, our mindsets are everything. And honestly, that's why I believe God has called me to structure the call of God on my life as a coach. You know, is it really apostolic and prophetic and teaching? 100%. I mean, I pastored for eight years. I've been in ministry, some form of ministry since the early 2000s. So I've been in that traditional world of what ministry looks like. But I also know that there's a large percentage of the body of Christ right now who's not living their purpose, who doesn't know their purpose and isn't living it. And there's something that the existing structure of the way Christianity functions that is not working. It's not putting people in purpose. It's not raising up uh, sons and daughters of God. It's, it's creating fellowship. I mean, there's lots of good fruit that it does. But it was very clear to me that I had to leave that traditional uh, wineskin or whatever you want to call it so that God could connect me supernaturally with the people that he wanted to connect me with and raise up people that were willing to sell out, willing to, you know, to go through this detox process and, and truly shed everything that needs to be shed so that they could, could carry significant influence and actually change the world. I mean, my students are called to, to do amazing things. My graduates are building ridiculous visions. And I couldn't be more blessed to be doing what I'm doing, uh, the way that we're doing it, and just loving the uniqueness of it, the way that it fits me perfectly, and just honestly, the fruit of it. The fruit of it is is the point. You know, you know when, when you're in that place and just the fruit of what you're doing is obviously God. It's just not human. So anyway, that's a, you know, I, I, you know, I wanted to share a little bit about, you know, kind of give you some context around the, the book and, and the journey that I take you through in the book. Talk a little bit more about the process that I, you know, I take my clients and my students through and give you really a very straight talk. I mean, if you, you know, if you're part of this group, you know, I am a straight shooter. Like I am direct, I say it and I love you. I totally love you enough to say it. I'm not saying it to make anybody mad or upset anybody. I'm just saying somebody needs to tell us. Somebody needs to tell us what's up. Uh, because otherwise, we don't know. We, we don't know. I didn't know this until I knew it. <laughs> and I don't get to be quiet about it. And I got to share it. So I'm sharing these things with you to, you know, let you know, like, there's, there's resources. You, there is a plan. You can get into your purpose the same way that I have and my readers and my students are doing. So 
What's next? Well, there's a couple of options, right? You, you, you dive into my book and you treat it like it's one of the most important things you've ever done, right? It's I download it for free. You can go get it. Get your hard copy on Amazon. I don't even know how much they charge for it, but it's not expensive. And work through it like your life depended on it because it does. It really, really does. And the process works. I have 100% of my graduates that graduate the program, hearing God on demand, knowing their purpose, and able to transition into it in 90 days. And if you feel called to work with me, uh, then, you know, schedule a breakthrough call. The link is here. Talk with my coaching staff and we'll talk to you about a merge. We'll talk to you about um, the school. We'll, we'll hook you up with, you know, the, there's testimonies on the page here. I mean, we'll hook you up with the process that we're taking people through in, in three months. Uh, you'll have those answers to the five Qs. And if there's any obstacle in the way of that, we will also stand with you and agree with that, whether that's provision, whether that's a spouse, whether, whatever it is. Like we... We stand for the manifestation of the sons of God every single day. It's our job to, to move those, help you move those obstacles by the power of God, move those obstacles out of the way and get you on the path, the path to purpose. So anyway, you guys, I've got a couple of students on here today. Let's see who we've got. Lori's a graduate. Janie's in the program. Cassie. Uh, is in so there's several of you guys watching today and there's you know folks on the replay that will watch that you know can can truly vouch for the work that we're doing and and talk about how life transforming is so i am so glad you're here in the group you know definitely check out my podcast it's over on itunes you can just search my name there's other platforms too i think google play i don't know all of them but you can find my podcast grab the book schedule the call uh you know, get engaged in the group. We're here to serve you. If you've got questions, ask them. If there's any way that we can serve you, we're happy to do that. You can email us at info at shalice.com. Love you. I'm excited. It's Friday. It's the weekend. And I've been running 90 to nothing. So I'm looking forward to doing nothing. I really am. I know my kids want to go shopping or something tomorrow, but I don't know. All these masks and everything having to go out is even know what's open sometimes so anyway but we'll figure it out we'll do something we'll cook out I don't know what we'll do but I love you guys I love you guys I love you guys and I believe in you I believe in you and the anointing on my life is to do that I have an incredible grace from the Holy Spirit to believe in people and it's awesome to see you as you are in heaven so I love you guys yes Janie you're so welcome you guys have a great weekend